0: We will eventually consume less because there won't be anything left to consume at some point. Save, um, <laughs> Save the Earth by buying luxury goods. Save the Earth by completely killing all wildlife, plants. Okay. <laughs> then, yeah. then we'll we'll really learn how to survive. survive you know, uh, maybe we can bring up some Soylent green or some other <laughs> kind of manufactured product. <laughs> um, so, I think in the back of my mind, and. Ever since we talked about doing this, one of the things that kind of always stays in the back of my mind was, um, is Freeman Dyson and what he always talked about with nuclear power. And I bring this up, not because we've really talked much about nuclear power, but, um, he thought it was one of the greatest things in the world. Like when we were sending stuff up in space, when we were testing out nuclear fission and all the different things that are going on with uh i'm I'm not a i'm not that kind of scientist i'm the um, kind that plays video game scientist (laughs) (laughs) um but he thought it was one of the greatest gifts to um, humanity uh, nuclear nuclear power and being able to use nuclear resources until he saw the fallout of nuclear energy that was not um that was sloppily used and this was way before Chernobyl this wasn't something like um, oh just because of this this um, breakdown but like this was in the 70s in the late 60s he realized he came to the conclusion that nuclear energy can't be the be-all end-all for energy conservation but I guess in the back of my mind always while we're talking about energy and stuff I'm like let's just go nuclear (laughs) let's just let's just you know let's just enjoy life and not worry about gas and stuff like that so this is where you're going to tell me um, in matt jensen's version maybe not freeman dyson's version but matt jensen's version why can't we just rely on nuclear energy to take care of everything for us
1: I, I think that you can rely on nuclear energy to take care of What? <laughs> no, no, you just completely contradicted Freeman Dyson. So he's smarter than me. Well, you are too, but go ahead. <laughs> so like, for instance, the biggest, uh, catastrophe, nuclear catastrophe in the U S is considered three mile island. And that's, it was built correctly. So it's fully contained. And there's I I think there's four nuclear reactors on Three Mile Island. One of them had that meltdown, and it's fully contained. It's not usable, but it just sits there. So it's not it's not like people died from it. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I it's so, it's it's hard for so um Bill Gates is funding a nuclear reactor, a small modular nu- nuclear reactor in Wyoming that's going to be built over the next couple of years. And that's the first one of its kind. Uh, China is building them also. And I think they have plans to build like 100 over the next couple of years. So big time. The small modular nuclear reactors might have like produce like 100 megawatts versus, you know, 1,300 megawatts. So it's kind of like a smaller scale and there's less grid complexity to it. So um, I I really do see that as a, a positive development for nuclear power in the U.S. Like I think the only... We have two plants under construction in the US that for nuclear right now. I think both of them are in Georgia, um, but, and those are full scale. And then there's the the one in um, Wyoming, but uh, that's the smaller version, but it's, you know, nuclear is really a, uh, a solution.
0: We have some in New Mexico too, right?
1: Yeah, but those are existing. like. They're just okay. not built,
0: yeah. Gotcha. So you're, they're not necessarily safe in the same kind of way.
1: Well, no, they're like as far as I know, all the ones that we have built in operation um, in the U.S. Uh, right now are entirely safe. So
0: and I, and maybe it's uh, the other side of consumption of being an American, where you know the longest-running um, TV show, The mm-hmm. <laughs> Simpsons. And we see Homer Simpson continuously find ways to scare the world <laughs> from huh. a nuclear disaster. Uh, like, what are the chances of a... Uh, I know we can't know exactly how all the specs and everything, um, but other than, I mean, human error is probably gonna be 100% of the problem if it anything did happen. But we see things like Chernobyl, we think it's like a three mile island other than humans being completely stupid, you're saying that the, that the accidents that, um, that the, the issues that came up with those different, uh, tragedies are more or less able to be circumvented unless people are being stupid.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Oh, wow. That's so in, if
1: Fukushima too. Wasn't I think Fukushima has been totally blown out of proportion, but, uh, Fukushima was built without some uh, basically safety, structural safety design stuff. Um, so that's, it's it's just, so like Germany's in a midst of an energy crisis right now. That's the highest um, that electricity costs have ever been as far as, far as I'm concerned. Um, and I think they've shut down two or three nuclear pan- plants this year. Um, so it's just a. It's just a. It's a, I. I don't really get the whole anti-nuclear stuff. Um, that's just something that I haven't necessarily found a way to understand. And you know, like the biggest uh, I think issue with that is people that have nuclear power plants that can enrich uh, uranium and create nuclear weapons out of it. Um, If if you have nuclear weapons, nobody's gonna invade your country. So it's just kind of like a, that's a big, big powerful thing that you can kind of have in your hip pocket. (coughs) Um, After the fall of the Soviet Union, Ukraine had a stockpile of nuclear weapons, same with Kazakhstan, and they returned them to Russia. Um, there was a lot of concern that those might fall in the wrong hands. So they optionally returned them. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like Ukraine, there's a, probably a lot of things that could have played out where Ukraine would have been invaded. Um, like there's uh, a lot of, complexities there um, with reach uh, basically the last six to eight years. So they had that Minsk Agreement in 2014 that was supposed to lead to a ceasefire. Uh, it didn't really lead to a ceasefire. Um, there were still the separatists in the Donbass region that were russian back, fighting with the Western Ukraine uh, forces. and or the rest of Ukraine, Ukrainian forces, the government forces. But um, I had Western Europe not been so vulnerable and reliant on Russian energy and minerals and had had Ukraine definitely had nuclear weapons, I don't see that they would have been invaded. This is definitely not an (laughs) advocation to... Have them have nuclear weapons, right. but I, I, I know that some people were talking about potentially having that or uh, uh, supplying your Ukraine with nuclear weapons, and um, also the talk of NATO as kind of a mission creep right up to the borders of Russia. Uh, probably really felt <coughs> pushed pushed the russians to a point where or at least putin where he thought he had to act and now we kind of have this disastrous situation so very unfortunate so
0: and i think there and i don't know if this needs to just be said every episode there's not really a political bent towards one side or the other when, uh, on the discussions we'll have. In fact, you might find if you agree with everything that we say, you'll be on every, you'll be left, you'll be right, you'll be down the center, you'll be reactionary, you'll be revolutionary um, <laughs> uh, because uh, as, as Matt has mentioned multiple times over on several of these issues, which are all connected, um, and there's several other things we haven't even tipped on because they're all connected you can't really just have a one for all stance and have any kind of chance whatsoever to help uh, provide practical and living solutions to these issues. Yeah. Um, uh, I know we, we've talked about like Biden's administration, but some of these things were put in place a long time before Biden. Um, and we're seeing capstone. I, um, ideas or he's finally executing ideas that have been in the works for decades it's not something like he just came up with it and all of a sudden uh-huh. <laughs> we're, we're changing everything and it's um because when i'm just through some of this conversation i'm thinking of some stuff that um, under clinton's presidency how that um how we're seeing some of the um conclusions or the uh um, not conclusion, but some of the results of the decisions that were made now, just listening, you know, talking with you about some of this stuff. So it's not really um, and then also you have the um, it's like emotions.
1: A, a everybody, you know. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's politics is more than just the event that occurs.
0: Right. And I mean, we talked about, you know, when the Soviet Union broke up um, and now we're talking about someone else in that area. Um, there's so much more there's so many layers, you know, if you, if you take Shrek's proverbial onion, <laughs> there's so many different layers that are on top of each other. And, um, it's just that you can never get to the center of this onion. There's going to be, when you get to that center, you're going to find something else that needs to be peeled back and reconstitute and stuff. Um,
1: yeah, I maybe, think it, yeah, well, but, just a, a quick note. I think it, uh, historical note, I think it was in 1991 where NATO essentially... Had an agreement with her Russia that they wouldn't extend uh, farther east than Germany. Um, so it's I, you know, that's that's a long time ago, and we're really kind of seeing the effects here. I was traveling in Romania in uh, 2016, and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, our, our U.S. funded missile system went on the. At the same time, I was there, and I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't know that we were putting U.S. missile systems in Romania, and it was just kind of like an interesting discussion with the Romanians and um, like the the my my friends over there, and we we there was a bunch of us there from uh, Europe, the U.S. Um, let's see, yeah, I think it was just Western Western Eastern Europe and the U.S. Um, There might've actually been a Ukrainian there too, but we were kind of all, all all over the place. And it was, I remember having an interesting discussion on, on this thing. And it was just kind of like, huh, that's, that's interesting. So a bunch of weapons pointed at Moscow, right?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how NATO, uh, NATO's history with all this is also just really, really interesting. And no matter what side you fall on with NATO, I read a couple books, uh, I think it was two years ago. Um, and they were both coming from Trump's administration, the people who wrote these books, uh, one of them was general Mattis. And, uh, one of the things, um, that really kind of opened my eyes, even though, I mean, we do this all the time, everywhere else. Uh, if you're, uh, if you're a Michael Jordan, Chicago bulls fan, you, you still have to decide, you know, which year of his championships is your favorite and to (laughs) be a real true diehard fan. And even though there's six championships between- All of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then there's people like that. There's people like, no, I only like the 1996 Chicago Bulls. I don't really care about the rest of them. Um, People that have similar feelings towards these ideas um, might have completely different ways of what that means. Um, Like uh, General Mattis and President Trump both agreed that dismantling NATO was a very important thing to do but they had two completely different ways of what, how they believe that should work out. Oh, that's um, interesting. Um, yeah, Mattis, um, was very much in his own, uh, biography was, uh, or his biography as uh, secretary of defense was very much, uh, not defense secretary of was so, secretary of defense
1: oh, or that's... yeah, or the his, his position in the joint cabinet. chief,
0: Yeah, he he was very much for dismantling NATO, but he believed it needed to take um, a 10 to 15 year kind of framework um, to not do it quickly. Whereas uh, President Trump was very much in favor of, let's get rid of it now. (laughs) Bye, NATO, (laughs) you know, Um, and so even as we talk about these things, you might find that um, you're in complete agreement with Matt on something, but, you're, but Matt's version and your version of understanding how quickly and how absolutely some of those things might happen, that they differ some. And that, that's good for us. It's good to have a variety of understandings of how some of these things are work. And uh, unfortunately, there's not just one answer that issues everything. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I, like, I personally don't know where, I, I don't personally know what to necessarily think about um, what role NATO should be in on the world. You know, they're kind of, I've always grown up as they're like this beacon of freedom that uh, protects Western Europe, but it's just, it's, it's complicated. And um, it's, it's just a complicated world. So, um, but like I, I don't remember who was saying it. it was some politician and it you know might've been Biden saying that uh, we're not going to go to war, but um, if anybody goes to war, it's going to be NATO. And considering that we're the biggest funder of NATO, I I kind of view that as us being in essentially a world war with um, Russia, if that were to occur over Ukraine. So it's just kind of, I don't, I'm maybe not informed enough on it, um, but I've, I've looked at a uh, recent years, like the push from uh, Emmanuel Macron of France, um, Merkel and some of these other people to have a, a European army as a positive, um, positive point in the direction. So is it, is that a bad thing to say? No, I don't
0: know. no, no. I'm just saying you're saying such potentially controversial <laughs> things. Uh, well, and, that, and that's one thing that I love about history. Um, it's, it's so interesting how, how sure we were, how certain we were, you know, X amount of years ago about something. And now we're kind of like, yeah, that was pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> always, um, always happens. And it in fact i um i, I know you know this uh, last year i read um a book on every single president of the united states and um i read biden's first it was um i was on purpose on first because i wanted it before he actually <laughs> came into the presidency it was kind of like what they expected and the line um it was in the preface was biden might go down as the most boring president in the history of the united <laughs> states and that was kind of like and because I know at the, t- for the, you know, the world we live in, he's considered, we're talking about pre-election, you know, or pre pre actually serving in office. Uh, most of the people on the, on the liberal side are like, he's not liberal at all. He's, um, he's almost a hawk <laughs> in their kind of, in their version of what he's like. I mean, there was so much controversy when AOC, mentioned um that heard that the new york delegates went for bernie and stuff and like oh my goodness uh, you're trying to break up the democratic party and stuff because he's not liberal enough and then um all the people that are on the right side are like no he's the most liberal person ever now i again until you actually take office and start making policies it's kind of interesting to see uh, where those lie where and some of the things you mentioned like hey we 're not going i 'm not going to do this i 'm not going to do this, and then he goes and does that, which is very much non democrat <laughs> um, um and then uh, then the other well, side what he's...
1: what is democratic and republican right I feel, right which right. switches every single it, it feels thing. like
0: that too, but that's that 's kind of what the beauty of it is is that um are every single president, every single um world leader. Uh, we'll talk specifically about energy. Every single one of them that I've ever made a public statement about energy has been absolutely correct and incorrect at the exact same time. (laughs) It's just, we didn't know it maybe at that time. Um, uh, uh, And I I think some of this stuff and, and you know, Putin's the sexy dictator right now that everybody's like, Oh, it's Putin. Um, And people are backtracking from what they've said either four years ago or eight years ago. Um, And or 16 years ago, no, it really just depends on which version of Putin you're wanting to compare to. Um, but I kind of think of what if he does conquer all, let's say the world becomes a uh, Putonia and um, but what kind of world is that gonna look like? I mean, if we don't have renewable energy in the same way, if everything is actually conquered, everything is in this kind of world, um, and not just him specifically, but because he's the he's the one that we're talking about, what what's energy going to look like in a world where everything where you've got these little rebel groups trying to take down this person who does this i mean it it doesn't it seems like such an extreme thing but we've seen similar examples in venezuela we've seen similar examples in uh, georgia um you know back in the um the aughts and stuff of what what these power fights look like and um it's Half of my friends are all scared that World War Three is going to happen any second, and then the other half of my friends are like, "Well, if it happens, we're screwed anyway, so might yeah. as well consume more." Because um, that's that's what that's the message we're putting out, right? Right? Oh. <laughs> yeah.